With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, this is Offside Hockey Talk. And yes, we are back in your ears And if you're watching us on YouTube in your eyeballs as well or on your eyes, whatever you want to say it. But we are proudly brought to you by our friends at Boxing Rock Brewing Co. Check out their puck off Lagerdale. It's the big beer for the big pod. And I'm joined as always by my co-host, Mr. Pete the Heat. And D4, I just moved into my new spot that looks like my old spot. Fournier, what's going on tonight, boys? Oh, we are buzzing. We bought a TV today. We went we went, uh, I had a workout and then, uh, I set up the TV and I set up this fun little room because it was a disaster and I have a lot of boxes still around me. So there's a lot to do still, but, uh, feels weird being an adult. I can't lie, but, uh, I'm, uh, glad, uh, glad to be here. Glad to hear it, Dilly. There we go. There we go. Well, it's been a busy little week in Leafland. Obviously the Toronto Maple Leafs, Adding Brad Living officially as their general manager. Now we've talked about this a little bit with Audie James this week, Pete, and really got some behind-the-scenes information. And I really want to start the show off tonight by wondering what has happened to Leafs Nation. I understand the elation of passing round one we had, the fan base happy, obviously then not so happy losing in the second round. But you would swear that Kyle Dubas leaving – was the worst thing that ever happened to this organization. You know, there's a saying, change is a good thing. And everybody is hating the Trilliving move, saying it's horrible, that he is horrible, that he's going to rob this team and screw this team. It's going to be the worst team in the ages for the Maple Leafs, and we're going back to the bottom, and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I cannot believe the negativity. I would swear it's 2015 again, and we're just – wondering where this team is going to go, that Peter Horacek is behind the bench, and you don't know who the stabilizing force is going to be for the Leafs. Guys, I want gut check time here. Trey Living comes in. We'll start with Dylan because he's fresh back to the show. How do you feel about Trey Living? What's your gut reaction? You know, uh, so (laughs) I had a conversation with somebody at my work, and uh, they follow the Leafs enough, and I – it was the day before, and they're like, who do you think is going to be general manager? I said, well, it's going to be tree living, and they're going to announce it later this week. Guessed right. It was literally the next day. Um, my gut reaction was, this is a it's a great replacement. I'll put it that way. Um, I'll get into Dubis later, or we'll get into Dubis. We'll get into later. Dubis later. Oh, yeah. Um, but Tree Living is, as from my understanding, listening to uh, 32 Thoughts, Tree Living has been under uh, an ownership that has a board. Calgary had a board of people, and he's been answering to them for nine years. 
I, that gives me confidence because he knows how to talk to a group of people rather than one individual owner or set of people. Um, I I think he's been he's been fairly good. He everybody's saying that oh he's he's silly that he had to get rid of Kachuk. Listen, man, Kachuk kind of handcuffed him. Like he had no other option than to get rid of him. And you know what? He got two top talented guys to join his roster in Hubert O, a little bit older than Kachuk, but it is what it is. And Uyghur, who had a great year in Florida the year be the year that he was traded. Um I th- I think this is a great, great step in in I guess an alternate step. Um but Tree Living is confident he is I guess his father is uh, a, a business guru. So I, I like that standpoint. He, I feel like he looks up to his father a lot and his father would give him insight on any kind of business type stuff. So I think this is a great hire. I don't know why everybody's just jumping down Toronto's throat, but I've noticed with this fan base that that happens and the negativity always stays no matter if we're up at the top or if we're at the bottom, doesn't really matter. Uh, there's always going to be negativity around this team. So I think it's great hire. Uh, yeah. Okay. Okay. Pete, what do you feel? I'm going to get into my diatribe after you guys are done, but I want to yeah. know. It just, it, I, I have mixed emotions. Like it, it really helped talking to Audie last week on kind of getting his, his thoughts on Brad. Basically he's, because we're just seeing the negative side of this. We don't actually hear Calgary. And, like, if, if you go and read all of Calgary fans' tweets, they'll tell you how hard of a how hard of a worker this guy is, how good it, he is at drafting. He does have some great trades. Obviously, that Kachuk trade looking a little rough right now. But that still has potential to be great. Like, that you have Jonathan Huberto and Mackenzie Weger, and they pulled a first from that guy. From um, That's that right. Ball, right? So it's like... That still has time to to mold. Plus, they they fired uh, Daryl Sutter, so yeah, yeah. that was probably the reason they did so poorly last year. Um, I, the the thing is, is just like they Brad's fine. It's just he was basically the only option, and uh, I, he's the best option right now. But if it were up to me, I mean, I I would have loved to see Dubis stay. Man, I just thought he was right. such a creative GM. Um, he pulled off some of the best trades. He did some some okay signings. Like a lot of this core four cap not going up wasn't his fault. We ran into the pandemic, so that kind of screwed him. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, at the end of the day, I would have loved to see Dubis. And uh, yeah, honestly, we we don't know if Brad is going to be good or not. We just have to give him time. But it is interesting that uh, he's not going to be able to participate in the draft, I believe. No. He can't be at the draft table. He can okay. still participate via phone. Okay. Uh, he's just not allowed to work the floor. Gotcha. Which yeah, um, Pridham will do his, that job anyways. Yeah. Speaking of Pridham, like, who knows who's staying here? Like, We'll, we'll get into the who's staying here. We're yeah. Because okay. like, you right don't now. even know, like, is Dubis going to poach some of the Pridham? Is, like, does Brad want these guys to be here? We don't know that. I feel like the from, MLSC organization is. We'll, we'll, like, we'll dive from, into who's yeah. leaving and who's going to stay sure. and stuff like okay. that. Okay. I, well, I also please. wanted to add one thing from the press conference that because I was moving, I didn't have internet until a couple of days ago or whatever. 
Um, I wanted to add, listening to that press conference, I had a lot of confidence in, in the in the things that he said. He is somebody that wants to build relationships rather than look like um, one against the other come, obviously, contract talk because that's a big thing in Leafs land right now. But he wants to build that relationship. And I think as a great example, in that Kachuk and Huberto trade, he went to Quebec to sit down with Huberto and have a conversation, sit down and actually get the contract signed. That speaks volume, not only to the player, but the organization as a whole. Just that I think that means like if I was a player, that would mean so much to me that he's actually making an effort to come and see me and work something out rather than just be like, Oh, Hey, this is my offer to you. Uh, deal with it. Basically. Like I respect him more saying that he fights for his players and he defends them than any other person. I know that obviously other GMs do as well, but he's, he was somebody that said, it and I, I really like that point. The other thing that I really liked here, when you, uh, we talk about Brad for living, I'm going to get into some stats here and stuff to really break it down to the minutiae of who we're getting. But, um, Bradford Living sat there at the press conference and said it's a 23-man group, not a core four, that gets the job done. It's not four players that have to get this done. It's not four players that shoulder the burden. It's not four players that are winning you rounds and taking you all the way. It's a team thing, and he will protect those four and 23, whoever it is. And with Bradford Living, he understands what grit is. He understands what those type of players bring to a lineup and he goes and he finds them. Um, some of the names for Brad for living that he drafted in his time with the Calgary Flames. We all know Bennett didn't work there. Could have been coaching, square peg, round hole. But we see what he's paying dividends for the Florida Panthers. Uh, Matthew Tuchuk, another player, paying dividends for the Florida Panthers. Uh, Adam Fox, what a great defenseman. Knows his players. Dylan Dubé, another player that Audie said is a player that may actually end up with the Toronto Maple Leafs mm. if True Living has his way. Uh, Manji Apani, Rasmus Anderson, those are just some of the ones he drafted. Great he job. also traded from Lindholm from Carolina, brought that player over, that player identified. Obviously, we all know he was on one of the best lines in hockey not too long ago, a great point-getting player. So Brad True Living not only knows with his staff how to draft, and by the way, limited resources in the Calgary Flames organization was not allowed to build out the team or system he wanted. Again, that comes from our Calgary guy, Audie James. We will be talking to Peter Lombardius this week. We'll get more into that minutia and talk more about those details about what he did not have at his disposal, but now does with the Toronto Maple Leafs. For Mr. Brad for a living, he is he ranks 55th all times in career wins as an NHL general manager. 55th all time. There's been a lot of general managers to be 55th all time before even touching the Leafs. I'm not too worried. The problem I have, though, is everybody looks at two trade or two things, the Goudreau and the Tuchuk. Tuchuk was walking. Obviously, if you listen to the Audie James episode, we talked a lot about Sutter and the impact that had on the room and the players and the morale and the way these guys went, and it was ownership that signed Sutter to that extension, not Tree Living. Tree Living would still, and I'll say this to everyone, and we heard it from Adi too, and so far everyone I've talked to around the Flames agrees, if Sutter was fired during the season last year, 
Trey Living would not be the general manager of the Toronto Maple Leafs. He would still be with the Calgary Flames. He did not get fired. He walked away. He walked away from the team because of what was going on and was done with it, washed his hands with it, was done. So he was not fired. A lot of people saying he was fired. So I will tell you right now, this guy coming in and saying what he said so far, you can say it's lip service, but this guy understands what key relationships mean. One thing he touched on was Brandon Pridham. He and Brandon Pridham had such a great rapport during his time with the Arizona Coyotes because Brandon Pridham ran that part of the NHL. So they were in constant communications. And at that time, the NHL owned the Arizona Coyotes. So it was like they were talking hand-in-hand a lot because they worked for the same damn company anyway, was the NHL, both of them. So that relationship is there. Oh, and Jen Moldhire, the agent for Austin Matthews. Oh, what relationship does he have with him? A great one, by the way. Very good relationship. So that talk has already started. Those contract talks have already started to roll with Austin Matthews. These things for me, I look at and say, hmm, this guy is a guy before he even came in, started crossing his T's and dotting his I's and figuring it out. And as much flack as we give Brendan Shanahan, I know and we all know now that he picked up the phone and called that core four and said, hey, this is what we're thinking of doing. What do you think? You don't make a move and make those things happen unless you get some sort of semblance of what's going to happen with those four players. And I believe the Maple Leafs got that. And I believe you will, just like Paul Hendricks said on this show, not but two weeks ago, see Austin Matthews sign four or five years here with the Maple Leafs, extend himself, look for William Nylander, probably get extended as well. People crying the fact that the Leafs are going to run it back. They're going to run it back with a new guy and new ideas with a department and staff that he can use. Oh, by the way, lots of guys also in the Marlies vying for positions. And what do teams do that go far? They find players on entry-level deals or low contracts to come contribute to their team. Next year alone, Pontus Holmberg can be a player. Matthew Nyes, Nick Robertson, Toppy Nemola. Keep going. Philip Crawl. Joseph Wall. Joseph Wall. I'm at six already on a 23-man roster, and those are all league minimum contracts. So for me, I'm like, hmm, what can the Leafs do? Well, if they add players like that, then you can go and spend a little bit on some guys you want to add higher up the roster because your lower end of the roster may be these guys who are full of piss and vinegar coming in and want to make an impact. It's true. You, there's no I just like the hey, saying. I like the saying. It, it, well, it so is. And you say, you so, so many people will be like, well, why aren't these guys on the team last year? They were actually. They and were at my, one point. My one knock on Pontus Holmberg all last year was what, guys? Need to work on his face-off dot. Other than that, he showed he's an everyday NHLer. Crawl yep. got hurt before the season started, but there was high praise coming out of training camp. <laughs> we had, we had a lot of defense last year, I'll tell you that much. So there's lots that can come in, and I haven't even touched on the Mac, Mac Hollowells of the world who played for the Leafs as well. Yep. You know, There's lots of guys on that squad that can make the move up. So for me, I look at it and say, okay, this guy's not only going to have some cap space, they're going to figure out what they're going to do with Matt Murray. 
whether it's a buyout, which some people seem to think to be the thing, or they make some other moves. But I'll tell you now, Tree Living knows what he's doing, has money at his disposal to build the analytics team that he wanted to build in Calgary, build the drafting scouting department that he wanted in Calgary. And also, I don't know if you guys noticed this, but him walking around the Leaf facilities, his eyes were like a kid in a candy store. (laughs) Because from Calgary to Toronto, it's completely different. And by the way, I will tell you to a word, players in Calgary were sick of that locker room and did not like the fact that their locker room got out to the public and everybody was shitting on them and laughing about it, how bad it was. It was OHL teams and junior teams in A and B showing off their dressing rooms and saying, we have a nicer one than the Calgary Flames. (laughs) So imagine how that feels if you got some pride in your chest. You're going to play for Calgary and your duds suck. Things matter. Amenities matter. Treating your guys good matters. And now Treliving has all of that at his disposal and much more. So for me, for my closing remarks on Treliving, give the man a freaking chance. He hasn't been on the job even a week yet, and people have wrote him off. Give him a chance. Let's see what happens over the summer. Jesus, it's not the end of the world. Stop looking up and say the least sky is falling. It's not, folks. It's not. We're knocking, knock, knocking on heaven's door, and we're about to get in. <laughs> Let's go. Well said, James. Well said. Um, do you, can you just give me a little bit of insight on what he's allowed and what he's not allowed to do at the draft? Is he just not allowed to be at the table? Like That doesn't make sense to me. What, From what I understand, what he's not allowed to be on the draft floor. Okay. So he can't be, pre- he can't be present. So he, he can't, can't go up on the, the stage draft. and present the – Oh, so, with a for or with a first pick, Leafs or with a whatever pick the Leafs select. I think it's twenty seven. But whatever he, so, but like technically speaking, he is not allowed to participate in the draft. Is that? I don't know if he's not allowed to participate. The only thing that I've seen has come out about it is he's not allowed to be on the draft floor, not allowed to be a part of that draft table on the floor. That's okay. why everybody's making those memes and those pictures of him with like all these different things on and hats and you know makeup and all that stuff you know i'm i'm mad her living and all these different things i'm the new you know i'm the new phone guy for the maple leafs my name's my name's max her living you know just different things like that but that's great that's the reason why and i mean i get it i understand because you don't want him kind of poaching off of calgary's draft strategy yeah some things yeah um well you can't you can't tell me that he's not gonna have his own list anyways. If if previously you oh, know what I mean he, listen, he'll have gonna, a list and he'll be like here, Pritam, this is some of the guys that I like. You take take what you want with it. I do think there's gonna be a lot of different um things that go into what he says and what he's able to do yeah. um right now. But I do think that you will see a lot more moving and shaking after July first. Um, especially even in the Pittsburgh situation. Let's touch on Kyle here now too as well. Um, because he's going to be the interim general manager until July 1. And that's probably because a lot of teams do not want him taking any of their draft staff and putting them on that side, even though they're not allowed to be a part of the draft if they get there, if that's the agreement that's made. You know there's still input being said. Look at what Rachel Dory said about tampering and all that stuff today. It happens all the time. There's yeah. there's no such thing as no tampering. Yeah. So it, it definitely happens. Oh, and. Absolutely. 
I will say this, guys, and I said it to you guys a lot throughout the year. A lot of people over on TikTok and YouTube and all that stuff heard me say it. I told you, I thought Kyle Dubas, no matter what, was leaving this team at the end of the year. I said he's going to walk on his own accord. I think he was done with it. I think he was done with it at that press conference. I think he was done before then. And I think him coming back with those demands that were so outlandish was was just his way to say, oh, see, they didn't want me. It was his way to say, I wanted to be there. They didn't want me. But there's, you can't tell me you become the president of hockey operations for the Pittsburgh Penguins. That title alone and the interim general manager have all that power. Already fire people, by the way, I but not that. know what was out there. I, okay. How do I feel about Dubis? Um, <laughs> I, I think he is on a revenge tour. Oh, he will be for sure. And you can't tell me that free agents from the Toronto won't be signed to that team. Um, I, I, I don't like, I truly think that both sides will regret it one day. Kyle Dubas is a smart and very intelligent man. I just think he did not want to answer to Brandon Shanahan at the end of the day, at the end of the day, like he just wanted to have a direct relationship with the owners he didn't he wanted want to do the job that he was hired to do you hired me to be the general manager let me be the general manager let give me, me give me give me all the ropes like let just let go like i just want like i just want to be me and it, that's frustrating being young you he spent what nine, nine years nine years like through the organization he didn't just start as a toronto may believe he started in the did he start in ECHL? I don't know if he started that low, but he won uh, the cup for the AHL team, the Marlies. He he's he's done everything for this organization. I feel bad for the guy. He didn't get rewarded in in a general sense, probably in his eyes. But uh, he he is a very smart hockey guy, and I think in this moment with Pittsburgh and them, you know, having those three coming coming to an end of their career, I, I think he's the right guy to kind of make a team around them and see if they can make a, a last dance push. Yeah. I don't know. Go ahead, Pete. Go for it. I think it's how funny is it that the day they announce, Hey, we're going to have a press conference um, introducing our new GM 30 minutes before that, that press conference, the Penguins announced, Hey, we've hired Kyle Dubas as the president of hockey operations. I don't know if you want to put your tinfoil hats on there, boys, but uh, that was just weird timing to me. But well, uh, Brendan Shanahan said they were in constant contact with yeah. the, uh, you okay. know, the, the Fenway Sports Group, and they knew that that was going to happen. It was no coincidence to them. They already knew that was planned. Yeah, so, it was also it's also so stupid that Dubas makes these comments, still saying, "Hey, I, honestly, I." Just want to be here, and you next week you won't see me anywhere. I'm probably gonna take the season. That was off, such a but, dumb comment. <laughs> well, you're an absolute fraud now, Kyle Dubas. And now he's even made comments saying that he believes in the his current core. I guess with Tang, Crosby, Malkin. <laughs> well, I mean, what are you gonna say, right? It's the same thing as as a, as a sports fan. There's 31 so. 31 of their fan bases the same next year as our year every year, right? So, you know, but there's only I one. Like you, you got to double down on what you have. I feel like you remember when he said when 
he was going to sign the core four here. He said, we can and we will. I feel like he's, he's digging himself into his own grave what? here with Pittsburgh. Uh, saying, yeah, he believes in this core oh, here. You're off camera. <laughs> I need to mute. Dylan, Dylan you, got, you got to mute your mic there, buddy. <laughs> yeah, no. Listen, for me, I mean, you can call Dubas a fraud all you want, but at the same yeah. time, I look at it like this, okay? Some of the things that really make me angry about sports interviews is interviewing a guy right after the game or a fighter right after he gets knocked out or any of those things. The, the emotions are raw. For Kyle Dubas, that must have been a raw situation. And like you said, he might have been too honest that day. That was what he was feeling in that moment, that he wanted to be there. Maybe that's where he needed to be, et cetera, et cetera. Um, you know, mm -hmm. I look at it and say, hmm, mm. Kyle Dubas, are you okay? Or are you just, you know, he, he got to ask that question. And he answered as honestly as he felt at the moment. Yeah. Have you ever said things at a moment and, and friggin', you All know, walked it back or said something different or said, you yeah. know what, maybe I shouldn't yeah. have said that or something, you know, that's where he was, yeah. you know, maybe he felt that's the way it was going to be. Went home, talked to his family, took his ball home. And, you know, they were like, you know what? Pittsburgh's offer sounds so much better. We get to work with Sidney Crosby and, you know, this Fenway sports group has many tentacles everywhere, can do many different things. Uh, it'll allow Kyle Dubas to be a part of the whole different part of the organization and operation. Um, you know, they're attached to baseball, soccer, all these different business things. So Kyle Dubas really gets to stretch those business uh, acumens that he have and goes that way. But I look at it and say, good on you, Kyle. You went and got your money. You're there for seven years. Seven? Uh, he signed a seven-year yeah, deal seven. with the Pittsburgh Penguins. Um, so, like you know what? Yeah, so he got his money. He signed to a long-term deal. He's got job security, nothing hanging over his head, full autonomy. So everything he wanted here in Toronto, he's got. So go ahead. Let's see what he can do. Um, he's also the um, interim GM right now. So Kyle Dubas, thank you for what you did here in Toronto. Like Brad Living said, I'll say it again. Thank you so much for, uh, you know, basically bringing in some of these pieces because there are some of his draft bits that are coming to fruition to this lineup. A lot of guys are starting to really come along. Hello, Ty Voigt. You know, a lot of guys that are going to start making noise. William Villeneuve uh, as well. So, you know, sit back, relax. It's not over. Kyle Dubas, see you later. Predator Living, thank you so much. Fired up for it, man. Fired mm -hmm. up. And Sheldon Keefe about to get an extension. Who Guys, who do you think Kyle Dubas is going to poach from the Leafs? It's got to be David Camp, right? Like that is just. Strange. I think I think I think there's a good chance Bunting goes there. Or like, Bunting, yeah. But like Bunting, Bunting's going to have an opportunity probably to play with Crosby or Malkin, and like in in Bunting's eyes, I wouldn't I wouldn't take that down. He could have a career year and whatnot, but him at twenty seven. Right? What you? Bunting's going to ask for a big bag of money. I don't. I don't, I don't want him in Toronto. He, he's probably going to want four to five mil. Yeah, I don't want and it. If if Dubas is willing to pay him that in, oh. in in Pittsburgh, go right ahead. Yeah, I was gonna I, look at the cap friendly for Pittsburgh right now because I know it's pretty ugly to look at. Um, it's not ugly to look at. They have um, 
Dave Crosby oh, locked up for a few more years. They have Twenty million dollars in cap space. Oh, do they? Okay, okay, yeah. No, but they have a bunch of guys coming off. Okay. They have a bunch of guys coming off. So you have Drew O'Connor, Ryan Paling, Josh Archibald, oh. Nick Benino, Danton Heinen, Jason Zucker. He'll command a pretty good deal. That Chris Letang um, deal, yikes! Yeah. <laughs> uh, then they got uh, Brian Dumoulin, Dmitry Kulikov. You got Tristan Jari, who needs to be signed. Right. So you, they, there's a lot of work to be done there as well, for the um, for the Pittsburgh Penguins that'll eat up that twenty million dollars pretty quickly. Yeah. yeah. Did, did Jari win as the goalie uh, at the Worlds? I'm not sure. I, don't, I, I know I saw him in that, but I don't know if he was like the winning goalie. Who was the? I didn't even know the Canadian goaltenders. Like it was, I guess Tristan Jari was. You, Not you, sure. You cracked the line. I think, I think Jari was there. <laughs> Besides the point here, we'll look at this and we'll also say, um, you know, there's a lot of work to be done in, in Pittsburgh. You got your core there for Kyle Dubas to work with. We'll see what happens. Bunting might be too pricey to even go there, unless they're re- planning on replacing Zucker with him and Camp with some guys, you know, and rounding at the bottom. But I mean, again, you have a lot of money tied up in some players. That you uh, you have to pay and maybe, have to deal with, right? So maybe he takes Matt Murray off of us. Not a chance. <laughs> not a chance. <laughs> I guess not. Okay, fine, James. <laughs> that, was, that was funny. Listen, they will get rid of Matt Murray this offseason, whether it's a buyout or they attach an asset or make a trade or do something to get it done. Another player that people are talking about too for the Maple Leafs. Don't uh, forget about uh, Fraser Minton. As well as another player that's on the way for the Maple Leafs. So he's bubbling, doing well as well. So for the Maple Leafs. Yes, he was playing for the Blazers, right? Yeah. So let me just tell you right now the Maple Leafs have some guys they need to resign as well. I'm looking at Nola Cherry. I'm looking at Luke Shen. But I'm also looking at the fact that so many people want TJ Brody gone and a bunch of other guys gone. You need some guys to play defense. And uh, I like what Brody brings. Give him limited minutes. Figure out a proper guy. Maybe it's Jake McCabe. Maybe it's somebody else to play with Morgan Riley and really load those dog minutes, but make it a stay-at-home defenseman. There's mm-hmm. some the free agent crop isn't crazy, but there's some names there that you can really go after and add to this lineup to make this lineup very prickish and not for big tags either. So you know you're around your two and three million dollars. Um I for whatever reason, and I know I'm gonna get flamed for this, I think that Corey Perry is going to be a Toronto Maple Leaf. Uh, I do. I do. Uh, and I say, I say this because the worm has gotten to us every single year, even though we beat him this year. He has gotten to us every year. And in the playoffs, you don't pay him for the regular season. You just don't. You pay him for the dirt that he does. Yep. In the playoffs and the goals that he scores in the playoffs. And say that face if you will, Pete. But he scored timely goals against the Leafs again this year. How old is he now? Who cares? Oh, he still gets it done. 38, 39? No, he's Crosby's age, 36. 38. Oh, okay. But he still gets it done. He still gets it done. Again, you have him for the playoff. That's what you have him for. He's a guy. He's a worm. He's a grease ball. The Leafs need a couple of that. Imagine him, Hathaway, you know, really just some – just some dirty dirties in the bottom six, really get mucking it up. 
and then, you know, figure out who slots in with them. But this team is going to be fun to watch. We're not even at the draft yet. The Leafs, we all know we're going to trade that pick. They're going to make you a move so? with it. Oh, yes. Yes, yes. Here's the thing. I just did a I just new did GM. A yeah. New GM wants to make a stamp, wants to make a move. Yeah, but yeah, but can he make a trade at the draft is my question. Is he yes. the only one? He's not the only one, but he would be in consultation with Brandon Printham and everybody else. You know, it doesn't have to be on the draft floor, or they can talk about the trade, get it done, and be like, okay, Brandon Printham, go make the deal. Go walk across and shake hands. Um, how do most deals happen anyways, by the way, guys? Hey, uh, hey, Brad. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's uh, Lou Lamorello here. You want Matt Barzell? We'll figure it out. <laughs> you know, but that's how it happens. That's so yeah. just name that came to my mind, yeah. you know. Matt Parzell. Okay. <laughs> I mean, it would have been so funny if you said Lou Lamorello and somebody that wasn't even on the team. That would have been. <laughs> yeah, anyway. I got Wade Redden on the line. Let's go. Cool. But listen, there's been so much just hoopla around all this stuff. It's nuts. There's just, just so much negativity, man. Like, I, I don't want to name names, but I saw somebody like make a list of things that like are going to make the Leafs fail this offseason. I'm just like, like, why are you focused on this negativity? Nah, you know what? Let it be. Let people have their thing. But I, I And I've gotten this a lot in my DMs, and a lot of people that I talk to on a regular basis, and they just can't move themselves off of the way they feel. But I'm going to say positive, man. There's a new GM. There, there should be room for excitement here. Yeah. There, there should be room for trepidation. Well, there should be room for trepidation here and a little bit of nervousness, but excitement as well. We're going to 100%. the offseason. We're going to be adding to this team. We're going to a draft. You're going to add to the team. You got contracts coming up. You're going to find out who wants to stay and who doesn't. Yeah. Simple as that. They don't want to be here. Well, guess what? It's the crest on the front, not the nameplate on the back. Don't let the door hit you on the ass on the way out. If you don't want to be here, then don't be here. I want guys that want to be here. I love the players we have. Don't get me wrong. I love saying we have Austin Matthews, but if his if his heart is not here, then I don't want you here. You know, same thing with Willie Nylander or Morgan Riley or John Tavares. Go down the list. Ryan O'Reilly doesn't want to resign unless you throw a bag of money at him. Well, then you don't want to be here. And by the way, your foot feed speed sucks, so I don't want you here anyway. You're you're a good body on the puck, but your foot speed is crap. So you know we sh- we got exposed in the second round with speed. Oh, yeah. Because we brought in older, grinder, grittier guys that got us past round one, but we didn't have the speed to get round two. It's just true. Yep. Just damn, damn true. Now, the other damn truth that's out there is a certain gentleman's contract with the Toronto Maple Leafs ends on June 30th. And on July 1st, we are rumored to believe that he will be the next head coach of the Columbus Blue Jackets. And that is Mr. Michael J. Babcock. <laughs> Um, he will be there. Johnny Gaudreau is already waking up in cold. Punching the air right now. He's so mad. <laughs> Goes from Sutter to Babcock. But from what I've heard so far, okay, one, Yarmo Kekalainen has wanted this coach for a long time, but didn't want to bite the bullet and have to pay whatever was left on his deal with Toronto, et cetera, et cetera. The ownership didn't want to go for it, so that's why they're waiting until the contract with Toronto expires uh, so he can get his do-re-mi from the Leafs and then move mm-hmm. on. Uh, but also they called their core players that are going to be underneath Mike Babcock and asked the simple questions. 
about how they felt. And apparently Johnny Gaudreau was up for it, ready for it. Johnny Gaudreau had a pretty good season under Sutter. So say what you will. He may not like his antics at the end or the room antics. I making fun of the young players, but I am extremely, and I mean, extremely scared for those young guys on the Columbus roster. Guys like Kent Johnson, uh, there's uh, David Yurichek, Cole Sillinger. Like these, these guys are in the years of, you know, how the Leafs were when they were young when Babcock was here. So I hope it doesn't damage them and make them want to leave Columbus because Columbus, they are, they're doing well. They have a like solid roster at least, but it, that that scares me. I'm not gonna lie. But listen, here's the thing. Maybe Babcock, with all the shit that happened in Toronto, now learn will be and, and learn from it and grow from it and understand what you need to do. I I'm sure hope so reflection. because because nobody deserves to go through what he did. No, he doesn't. Nobody does. Sorry, who are you talking about? Marner or Marner, yeah. Marner. Or what about Johan Franzen on Detroit where he that... just he he hated going to work. He hated going to yeah. the rink. He didn't make hockey fun anymore. Yeah. You know what? There were a lot of guys that hated Scotty Bowman. Yeah. Hated his guts, but loved him every time they hoisted the cup. So yeah. there's there's that fine line, right? Of being a dick and being a prick and being your friend, right? And I guess Scotty Bowman walked it on both sides. A lot of guys at the end of their careers respected what the what he did. It's like your parents, right? You look at them when they're scolding you when you're young and say they're the most unfair people in the world. Can't yeah. believe they would ground me. Can't believe they'd take this away. Then when you're older, you're like, shit. You know, you know what? Maybe they were on to something. When you start disciplining your own kids, yeah. you're like, you know what? <laughs> All right. I'll get you. I feel yeah. you. I know where you're yeah. at now. I just I just hope he's learned from his mistakes. I listened to him 100%. on a podcast the other day or today. And yeah. uh, honestly, he gave the most – like they asked him, have you learned? And he gave the most cliche answer like, oh, you know, I learn every day and I – talk to other coaches, other people. He just seems like he's still his stubborn self that uh, it's either his way or no way. But if he's surviving the franchise, then obviously he's doing something right. So we're going to have to wait and see. And good luck to the Columbus Blue Jackets. Yeah. Listen, Johnny Gaudreau, is, uh, he's a hell of a player. He's a hell of a player. Real good player. You know, back check, forecheck, and uh, we'll get the job done. Yeah, that's right. Here's the guy. I'll tell you this much: If he doesn't learn from his ways, I won't be surprised when those kid when those kids yeah, yeah, are up for a big I'm, contract to get the L out of there. I'm also very excited to hear Darren uh, Dreger do his Babcock impression because <laughs> it is one of the best. I, I, I hope to get <laughs> yeah. to hear more of that this year on TSN. We definitely will. Well, it's going to be a busy week here for the uh, the Offside Hockey Talk Show. Um, we're getting some things finalized where we're going to be calling our new home. Just waiting for it to all come through. Uh, we'll announce that this week, uh, but we will be having Mr. Lombardius on from the Calgary Flames organization. He covers them on a day-to-day basis, so we'll get some more insight on True Living and some things that haven't had not happened. Um, Sam McKee, host of the Kipper and Born show, he will be, uh, or not the host producer of that yeah. show, will be on. He jumps Great. on with the boys all the time. He's jumping on the show to talk as well. Uh, hopefully Tic Tac Tomar comes through again this week as well. And then, of course, Terry Koshan. We'll get his reaction from the Gary. press conference and everything else that went on there. So it will be a busy week this week. We'll have some fun shit to talk about, I'm sure. 
But uh, keep your ears tuned, man. Offside Hockey Talk goes nowhere in the summer. We just bring on more and more people to talk to about the things we want to talk about, which is the Maple Leafs, hockey, and everything else. Boys, is there anything you want to finish off with? I am good, James. I'm great. (laughs) All right. I don't think so. Thanks for a great episode, and sorry about the sound bite. <laughs> <laughs> we love it. We love wow, it. Tell the better half that she sounded awesome on the mic. Um, ladies and gentlemen, you may know, this is Offside Hockey Talk, where the Maple Leafs and hockey come to talk. Hey.